On this episode of The Mandalorian Union, we will open with a moment of silence for Quill, who bought his freedom by the work of his hands and died fighting the old ways, which until they're gone, none will be free. I am very sad. This is The Mandalorian Union, a podcast where married nerds Megan and Zach discuss the Disney Plus show The Mandalorian. This is episode 8, chapter 7, and we are very sad. Hey everyone, this is Zach. My name is Megan. And we're The Mandalorian Union, and as you've heard multiple times now, we are very sad. Like, on a scale of 1 to 10, how sad are we? Very? I feel like you, you're you pretty sad. What would Where would you place yourself on the sadness scale? Oh, I'm definitely like a 14. Mm-hmm. Even on our, oh, at least third, maybe fourth rewatch of this before recording this episode, mm-hmm. Megan, Megan could just not, you could not watch that whole last scene um, with the reveal that Quill has been killed. Murdered. Uh, murdered. Yes, murdered by the Empire who's trying to take the baby. Yeah, who he had, you know, fought his whole life not to be enslaved by. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're hoping for that happy ending. Uh, we have watched uh, episode eight. As you know, we're re- uh, releasing a bit late around the holidays here, but we won't spoil anything for those listening to us in order. Um, but we do really hope that that was not in vain. So to distract ourselves from the pain in our chests, uh, let's jump into our question. So Megan, what was your favorite scene this episode? I think my favorite scene this episode was when we go back to Quill and Mando asks him to watch the baby as they're going to go on this kind of crazy mission to... Mm-hmm. Grief Karga and mm-hmm. possibly get the Empire off their tail forever. Mm-hmm. The planet Navarro. Yes, Navarro. Um, and Quill is saying, you know, of course I'm going to do this. You don't have to pay me or do anything else. But, I, you know, I have some terms. Mm-hmm. All the blurks are going. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I love that. That was great. And I was I think the first time we watched it, I was like, where are all the blurks going to be on the right. Razor Crest? It's just like some people and some blurks just like smooshed into a space. Mm-hmm. Which I'm glad they showed us. Sometimes those things happen in movies or TV shows and never explain it. But they actually showed, <laughs> actually showed the blurks in that little area there on the on the Razor Crest. Yes, I loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think Kuil, uh, which this is the episode where we learned his name, mm-hmm. which was great. Also, Kuil brought along his little baby boy. He did, um, and this is this is why I like this scene so much. His um, new friend, droid, baby boy, IG Eleven, <laughs> he found in like the shambles of the shootout that mm-hmm. Mando and IG Eleven had um, to bring peace to the valley, and um, Quill starts explaining how he's rehabilitated IG Eleven. And rebuilt him to be not a murder droid. Mm -hmm. From the ground up. Yeah. But a lovely, like, attentive, almost like a protocol droid. Mm -hmm. A carrier of boxes, a pourer of tea. Yeah. Oh, and that whole montage, like, seriously, it 
I, I think we're going to ask the question later, like, what made you have an emotional reaction? Mm-hmm. That that scene, I think it's my favorite because of the emotional reaction I had to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially the emotional heart of that scene for me is when Quill narrating this montage says, I reaffirmed its development with patience and affirmation. Oh, yeah. Oof. Yeah, Oof. that was great. That was great. Zach, what was your favorite scene in this episode? My favorite scene... Um, because it was very Star Wars and a bit of a contrast. Many of them were my favorite episode. This, this uh, chapter, or this scene in this episode, this chapter um, seven of The Mandalorian had so much, so much great content in it. Um, but for, I really liked the scene where everybody was around the campfire, um, where everybody was around the campfire, Man- mm-hmm. the Mandalorian, Grief Karga, Cara Dune, and the three nameless bounty hunters. <laughs> the three goofballs. Mm-hmm. The three goofballs, because uh, it was one of the most Star Wars moments of the show for me when Grief mm-hmm. Karga, there's tension, right? Because yeah. nobody really trusts each other. The two groups don't trust each other anyways. Yeah. And Grief Karga sa- goes over the plan and says, don't worry, nothing can go wrong. Oof. And that's when this... This pterodactyl beast just swoops (laughs) down and causes all hell to break loose. And, of course, everything does go very wrong. I think we lose two Blurgs, one bounty hunter, and some skin off of Grief Karga's arm in that attack. Um, And then that set up up the baby doing the healing force power that we saw it want to do in The Mandalorian Mm -hmm. a while ago. And, of course, that changed Grief Karga's uh, grinchy heart. His heart grew three sizes that day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it uh, it really did. It, it really affected him. Mm-hmm. So that was my favorite scene, the campfire with the pterodactyls and the, the peeling of the poison. Mm. Uh, although we did lose two blurgs, which is very sad. Oh, Very so sad. sad that we lost two blurgs in that scene. Sweet little blurg. Mm-hmm. And this is a question we're finally bringing back. Yes. So, Megan, who do you think had the best line? And what line was that? This episode had so many of them. Okay, Warner Herzog. Uh, Warner Herzog. Herzog. I know, because we call him Warner Herzgoggles. It's okay. (laughs) Warner Herzgoggles. I love him. Um, He's great. Every line he had was excellent, (laughs) and I loved every single piece of his dialogue, although Mm -hmm. I think my absolute favorite line he had was... The libation one? Yes. May I offer you a libation to celebrate the closing of our shared narrative? <laughs> I can't quote it because I don't quote things exactly. <laughs> um, it is one of my many flaws. But um, that line, it is very Star Wars to me. Like As in like the Empire, everyone in the Empire just talks so funny. Mm-hmm. Like They're just so like highfalutin and proper. I feel like whenever you join the Empire and get a leadership position, you hit a random highfalutin accent generator, and then <laughs> you are in like lawfully obliged to speak in this random galactic highfalutin accent. It's so funny, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Warner Herzog's accent, accent being um, established German-American filmmaker with a large oeuvre. 
it just it was beautiful <laughs> and wonderful. It was. It was. I very I very much I think have a, a big like affinity for him now. Mm-hmm. We'll have to go and watch uh, watch his stuff. Yeah. I, I know he has a, a lot of work. That would be very interesting to go. Mm-hmm. We were also theorizing that the cameras were just rolling when Carl Weathers <laughs> and everybody walked on set. And that Warner Herzog, knowing that this was his last episode, of course, just says to like Pedro and Gina and Carl, <laughs> can I offer you a libation to celebrate the closing of our shared narrative? Like that feels like something Warner would say to me at the end of filming a TV show together. <laughs> of course. And the endeavor to show was just like, keep the film going. Right. Keep rolling. Keep rolling. <laughs> Throw that weird briefcase on a table and see if he walks towards it. <laughs> right. No, but um, seriously, I mean, he is just wonderful, and he had the best lines this episode to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who do you think had the best line? Do you agree? Oh, man. Oh, man. That was a great one. That was a great one. I'm going to have to go with... So, Kuwil had many, many great ones. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was more... There was no one line that encapsulated Kuwil's character this yeah. episode. Really, he just had a lot of good points. He had a very strong, like, kind of narrative arc in this episode. Mm. So I'm gonna have to go with, I'm gonna have to go with Carl Weathers' line as Grief Karga in the opening transmission. <laughs> um, when he says, "Oh, how does he say it?" It's when he says, um, "Oh, you know, I'm if not you're, good at this." Yes, if you. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, "If you're receiving this transmission." Uh, if you're receiving these transmission, that means you're alive. Uh, it may surprise you to know that I am also alive. <laughs> that was great. Just so funny. And it really fits I've really fits Grief Karga's character. I feel yes. like in this episode, we really finally get to see the distilled character of Grief Karga, mm. who will, um, you know, does do evil things for money because he was perfectly willing to sell a baby to the Empire. Yeah. So that's evil. As much as I like him, you know, I have to remember that he is very willing to do evil things for money. Right. Um, but his heart changed when he got healed by the baby. And I feel like he's got this, he's got this charm to mm-hmm. him yes. that we see at work. He thinks on his feet, he's re- pretty unflappable for how charming he is. I, he reminds me of the charm and... You know, if you're a used car salesman out there, I'm sure you're excellent and you don't fit the stereotype. But mm-hmm. Grief Cargo kind of feels like a used car salesman, like mm-hmm. his like charm. <laughs> right. A used car salesman who's like actually making his money in like drug smuggling. <laughs> right. He's yeah. got the confidence of somebody who's making a lot of money. <laughs> right, right, right. Just Yeah. At, oh, like, I believe his line was, it may surprise you to learn that I am alive too. That's what it was. It may surprise you. Yes. That's what it was. It was hilarious. (laughs) Loved it. Loved it. So that was my favorite line. That Mm. was my favorite line. It really opened up. It really opened up the episode well Mm -hmm. and connected back to that third episode where the Mandalorian shoots him in the chest. Right. You know, it calls back and links back to to that escape there. Right. So, Zach, um, what made you have an emotional reaction in this episode? Mm. Well, I'm going to skip the obvious one because I know we're going to talk about it. Right. And I'm going to jump straight to one that's a little bit more meta level. Uh, when Giancarlo Esposito walked forward. Now, Giancarlo Esposito plays um, Moff Gideon. 
His name is revealed in this one because the client says, oh, Moff Gideon, hello. And he is the Imperial Moff who shows up at the end in the TIE Fighter. Mm. The reason I had emotional reaction was actually because of seeing him in another show, Breaking Bad. Right. He is the, um, well, he's every, all the main characters in that show are villains except for Jesse and a few others. But he's like the big bad. He is the big bad. He is the antagonist Mm. to the protagonist villain. Uh, he is the antagonist, and he is terrifying. Yeah. So I watched through that show and just became deeply afraid of this terrifying, <laughs> steely man. Right. Who, it's not just like, I'm going to stare at you with confidence and steel. It's like, I may cut your throat. I may kill your family. I may burn down your school. I don't know. Let's see how I feel like telling you that you are oh. nothing and you will serve me. No. Like, that's that's the vibe this actor gives off. He's very good at it. That is deeply creepy. So when I saw Giancarlo Esposito walk forward, I hadn't read the cast list or anything. Um, so for this I, when episode? I, yeah, for this episode. So when I saw him walk forward, I nearly crapped my pants. <laughs> you did. I nearly crapped my pants. You did. The first time we watched this episode, Zach was, like, holding his face in shock. He mm-hmm. was like, I am literally so scared right now. Mm-hmm. Such <laughs> a great casting choice for um, who I really hope is uh, a main antagonist in season two. Mm. So that gave me an emotional reaction because I love that actor so much. He's one of those few actors where I actually might not be able to keep my cool if I met him in person. <laughs> and not because I'd be so excited, it's be because I was actively attempting to not stain my pants with poop. <laughs> Plus, I'm sure he is a wonderfully kind man who would be very happy oh, to... Oh, I hope so. I hope he is literally the nicest person in Hollywood. <laughs> I, you know, I'm sure he is. We'll have to look this up. Yeah. We'll yeah. S- I'll send him a link to the episode. I'm sure I can find his publicist or something. Sure. <laughs> so, Megan, uh, you know, foregone conclusion here, but what made you have an emotional reaction during this episode? Oh, my goodness. So, yes, the whole... I spoke about this earlier. The whole montage where Quill is teaching... Uh, IG-11 to be a droid again and to mm-hmm. not to be a bounty hunter droid but to be more of a protocol droid and an mm-hmm. assistant droid. Yeah. Um, that made me want to just bawl my eyes out knowing the history of Khalil that he was enslaved forever mm-hmm. that even in this same episode he's talking about like you know I used to work in the gene field so mm-hmm. like he's maybe seen some horrible things yeah on top of being enslaved and having to work in that kind of way harsh labor and all these other things yeah for roughly if you count a human lifetime as about 80 years well over 200 years because he says i've worked i won my freedom by the scale of my hands and three of your human lifetimes right hundreds of years of service right just completely amazing and so um as he's teaching this droid to be a droid again it's like wow what what a dad you know Mm -hmm. like how patient and kind is he um just willing to always just be good and do the right thing and i i got really emotional at that because i think like we're not parents but i've babysat a lot and i think Mm -hmm. one of like the hardest things is to take Somebody that doesn't know how to do something, a mm-hmm. kid, 
and teach them how to sure. do it with patience and kindness sure. leading first. It can be really frustrating. Yeah. And it was just like this beautiful metaphor to me, especially because like Kuwil doesn't have, to our knowledge, he doesn't have like, you know, a family. He doesn't mm-hmm. have a very partner least or him. children yeah. with mm-hmm. him. Um, and it seems like that's something he would have been deeply good at. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't mention having any of those things. So, yeah, um, yeah, it was just like it was very emotional. I, I, I really, I loved that scene, and it also broke my heart. Yeah, yeah, the the raising of IG eleven. Yeah, um, I um, oh, <laughs> fair to mention. We yeah, we we went straight from raising IG eleven into oh yeah, also Quill died. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like the other thing we had a big, we had an emotional reaction to Quill dying. Yes, that was so. The first time we watched the episode, we were like, no! Yeah. So we, we dove into some other topics there, but um, be assured we are humans and not droids, and we had very emotional reactions to uh, Quill's death there, especially being slowly revealed through, we see Baby Yoda being picked up, which can only mean Quill is oh. not protecting him yeah. anymore, and then it slowly pans up to the calm length that the man oh. is talking through. Oh, it's... Yeah, and then and then Quill. So Whoa, it hurt me. That was rough. That you was hurt rough. me. You hurt me, Mandalorian. Um, and this is actually uh, we can ask our last question afterwards. But this is a great mm. uh, this is a great jumping off point to a question we have from a listener. Oh yes, uh, great listener Melissa sent us an email, a transmission. A transmission, yes, or an email. <laughs> we we can admit we live in the real world. <laughs> True. But uh, Melissa is an old friend of mine. Uh, we worked at a theater together back in the day and uh, did a lot of Star Wars things together, especially the Star Wars RPG. So we have experienced lots of Star Wars together. And Melissa writes in and asks, do you think the two characters the show has decided to kill off were chosen because they were A, the safe choices, or B, because they had the most emotional impact besides the death of Baby Yoda? Because they clearly can't kill the baby yet. Wow, this is Melissa showing her... Um, her dark side there they can't right. kill the baby yet yeah so thanks for that um and to build off that were those deaths necessary mm. yeah so i believe I... the two deaths she's referring to would be quill and then the client yes mm-hmm. yes um i you know i don't know that they were safe choices because we got attached to quill in the first episode mm-hmm and you like him so much. He's such a great character that you want to keep him around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the client, like, he's just fun. He's a fun, like, bad character, right? Like a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know there's a bigger bad behind right. him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really think that they were safe choices. Um, and I think probably they did it because it was going to have a large amount of emotional impact on viewers and to the characters in the story mm-hmm. yeah. um you know the mandalorian presumably hasn't really been around the best characters his whole life um he grew up in war he was taught to essentially be a murder machine by the mandalorians mm-hmm. um good bad or otherwise and then you know we see in a one of the episodes where um, he's with the gang of 
what was the episode where it was like the ragtag group of idiot villains? Oh, yeah, episode six, I believe. Yeah, episode six, mm-hmm. he's with, like, them. The prison break episode. Yeah, the prison break episode. And he he had worked with them before, so Coil is this deeply good character. Mm-hmm. Mando, I don't Our know. Our only one, really, besides Baby Yoda. Right. Well, well, and you could argue that about Baby Yoda. In this episode, he tries to choke Kara. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I believe that was a, a childlike, you know, a child's indiscretion just because Dad was arm wrestling and the baby misinterpreted the conflict dad's getting hurt yeah um anyways no i i think it it went for the most emotional impact to the viewer and to the characters in the story because um with quill this deeply good character that mando maybe hasn't had a lot of interaction with deeply good people Mm -hmm. um he sees the value of that person and goes back to Quill to ask yeah. for help. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, I think that's that's going to shake up Mando. Eventually he's going to have to like deal with the fallout of that death. Mm-hmm. And then with the death of the client, that's going to impact, and I think we've already seen in this very episode, the characters in the story because they're like, oh crap, there's a bigger bad mm-hmm behind yeah. all of this that we had no idea existed. That's, yeah, that's the purpose I think the client's death served was there is a, a storytelling device where you take someone who is threatening, they're bad, they're very good at being bad, Yeah, and then something else just comes and takes them out really easily and it tells you that that next person is even bigger and even badder. Right. Which is I think exactly what they did in multiple ways with the client's death, this this Imperial was willing to kill the client, no, just no question, just mm-hmm. to make a point. Right. And then that was reinforced by all of his troops being orderly and clean, completely unlike those who were serving the client. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree that Quill's death was a, a gut punch, and I think I think they did it partly because it was a gut punch, and it, um, <laughs> it, it fit in a world where, you know, there's morally gray lines and everything sucks that, you know, we would lose... Mm-hmm. You know, we would lose the goodest character. Not that that always is the best choice in storytelling. Right. Um, but I believe his his death did kind of make a, a narrative point there. As sad as I am to not have that character around anymore. Right. It, it yeah. does make me deeply sad, and I hope we get another character who is deeply good mm-hmm. that we get to be seeing. Yeah. Um, so I think the follow-up to her question, you know, were those deaths necessary? I'm not a the storyteller for this so I, I don't know that I'd be able to say whether or not mm-hmm. they were necessary you know of course I wouldn't have wanted Quill to right. die I never want the deeply good character to die um, but I, I think his death was fine I mean I'm, I mm-hmm. don't um, I think the client's death was necessary and story-wise so that we could have Moff Gideon be big and bad oh sure yeah. mm-hmm. so I would call that absolutely necessary and Quill's, mm, I would say a softer, more tenuous yes, hmm. because of establishing the tone of the show. Oh. Mm-hmm. In yeah. a dark, hard world. Yeah, I'm not. But, I, I don't know that I'm good at answering that yeah. question because I'm like, I'm not the storyteller. <laughs> I'm just here for the ride. Sure, sure. It didn't. Um, it didn't upset me on a level beyond being sad that Quill died. As far as like. Right. You know, I'm not upset that the, you know, storytellers made that choice. Right, right, you know? right. 
I think it makes sense for this world. Right, yeah. right. Although it's very sad. And it's I, super sad. <laughs> yeah. And lastly, uh, Melissa also sent us two name options for our last Blurg Lady. Oh. Those two options are Leia Blurgana, or Princess for short, or <laughs> Chublurga. I love those two names. Mm-hmm. And I Both think very good. along with our two ladies, Blurgalicious, mm-hmm. and... Oh, no. What's the name of our other Blurg? Blurgalicious and Yo-Yo Blurgma. Yo-Yo Blurgma. Oops. (laughs) We've been away on holiday, and we haven't seen them in a while, so... Mm -hmm. Anyways, I think the... I think the name I want to name our last one is Leia Blurgana. Mm-hmm. I like Leia Blurgana. If we get a fourth Blurg, Chublurga will be a great option, but I think we're going to go with Leia Blurgana for our final Blurg name here. Yes, and because I'm a bad Blurg mom, here are our, the names of our three Blurgs. Mm-hmm. Blurgalicious. Blurgalicious. Yo-Yo Blurgma. Mm-hmm. And Leia Blurgana. Leia Blurgana. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, uh, I think we need to go grab some squirrel carcasses or make some squirrel carcasses to Mm -hmm. go feed the blurgs. So I think we're going to go ahead and sign off. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thanks for joining us. We are Zach and Megan of the Mandalorian Union podcast. Our podcast art features cosplay by Bethany, who is at beer underscore fet on Instagram and Twitter and photography by Rebecca, who is Rebecca Joy Photo on Instagram. Please email us at mandounionpod at gmail.com and send us thoughts, questions, and discussion prompts. We're also on Twitter as at mandounionpod. If you enjoy the podcast, give us a rating and share it with friends. 